Welcome to the You Can Try podcast. I'm Penny Wilkin from You Can Coaching. And on this podcast, I'm going to talk to people who share my passion for swimming, cycling, running and triathlon, as well as anything in between. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Marianne Johnson from Weightless Swimming, who is one of my colleagues and a fellow swim coach. So welcome to the podcast, Marianne. Thank you. So before we go any further, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, a bit about your swimming background. Yeah, just introduce yourself. Okay, so um, as you said, I'm a swimming, I guess, instructor and coach. I work with people that want to learn swimming uh, from scratch or particularly front crawl. They may be a breaststroker, but they find front crawl challenging, Um, but also coach people that are more competitive um, and also I'm an open water coach so in the summer months I work at my local reservoir um, do a lot of introduction to open water skills and particularly this year <laughs> uh, despite Covid or because of Covid probably more people were turning to the open water as I'm sure you found too Penny um, so uh, that was actually my busiest uh, part of the year the, the the open water which is great and very exciting um, and I was not a pool swimmer myself as a as a young person. So I came to open water swimming um, and sort of competitively, if you like, but uh, not not obviously um, in, in a serious way um, as an adult. I um, was at university at Manchester as a um, mature student. And that's how I got into open water swimming there. I did a first my very first open water swim was in Lake Windermere which was lovely and it's actually two and a half k which you know is fairly decent swim for a first swim but anyway I managed it and absolutely loved it uh fell in love with open water swimming and then that started my open water journey but of course I hadn't had any coaching as a swimmer ever so I muddled through and now when I look back it, it makes me laugh you know I knew nothing really about wetsuits any of the equipment anything about stroke technique efficiency but you know I loved it nonetheless uh did various events and then as time went on I thought I, I really love this um and and then I had children I left Manchester had children and I thought right I need to sort of do something as a career because I'd sort of changed careers a few times um and so I thought actually why not look at being a swimming teacher coach but particularly with the idea of of you know working with people in the open water so that's sort of um, how, I be- how I became a coach, really. So through swimming myself, loving it. Um, and then um, working on my swimming, I did get some coaching myself initially first. And I enjoyed the experience of being coached just in a pool. Um, and that really just made me decide, OK, uh, this is what I want to do. So um, I trained initially as a what's now swimming room coach. Um But that that was all very much pool based and, and, and teaching young swimmers and uh, and groups from the club swimmers, uh, not not open water. So then I trained as a triathlon coach, just a, a level one, um, and that that introduced me to to the whole world of triathlon and training for three sports and what that involves. Um, but it was a bit more relevant because then you've got the open water element with with triathlon, and then I came across total immersion swimming. Um, so then I trained as total immersion coach and just absolutely immediately. <coughs> really loved the uh the approach it improved my swimming massively um and then that was it i i had to train as a total immersion coach um and then i'm always i'm one of these people that's always looking for i'm always like like to learn and looking for 
you know, different ways of doing things. Uh, so more recently, I've joined the Swim Mastery community of coaches, which sort of has taken my knowledge, uh, if you like, a step further or, or in a slightly sideways direction. So it's given me more knowledge on top of, of what I've already learned. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm always uh, on the quest for, for more knowledge and information to improve my own swimming, but also then to help, obviously, my swimmers, whether it's in the pool or, or open water. Um, and I mean, I think that's the one of the things about total immersion really is that it does attract people. Well, well the whole philosophy of, of total immersion is continuous learning, isn't it? And having an open yeah. mind and going out and exploring and seeing, you know, what other opportunities there are and what other information and other ideas are out there. So it really does attract people with an open mind. So, I mean, I can totally relate to everything you've said, which is why we're going to be talking about breathing Um you know, and the oxygen advantage stuff in a, in a minute. Um, but tell me about your business. So, you know, your swimming business, when everything is open, you, you've got your own pool. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I'm very lucky because I, um, my parents have a pool and I use their pool because I live near them. It's a nine metre pool and it's, it's a perfect length for, for working on technique because people sometimes see the pictures on the website or they turn up for their first lesson and they're like, well, we're not going to do much in this pool. And I said, um, well, actually we are because when you're learning new swim movements to, if you're learning to be more efficient and learning a new way of swimming, you don't want to be doing long distance, like 25 meters uh, or more swimming because you lose your focus. I mean, uh, as you know very well, Penny, uh, the more, most effective way to learn is to break things down into chunks and to do maybe six, six strokes initially um, and without breathing. And that pool allows you to do sort of six to eight strokes um so it's it's the perfect size and it's all one depth so it's it's good for sort of nervous swimmers as well um and you have the privacy of it being a private pool so i can also use video analysis which um i i think is essential it's it's something that total immersion and swim mastery also uses i think any good coach basically wants to have a look at the swimmer under the water see what they're doing because 95 percent of your body is actually under the water um, so you really need to, to see what's going on under the water and then you can play back the videos in the lesson as well as send people the videos afterwards so they can watch themselves, see what they need to practice. So it's a reminder of what to practice and also um, look and see what they're doing. And then they, they, you learn much more when you're watching yourself. And I do a voiceover commentary on the videos so people are and then they can, <clears throat> you know, if they don't understand anything, they, they, they can ask in the next lesson or, 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 you know, email me in between. So having having that sort of set up of of not being in a 25 meter pool in a leisure center uh, i'm very lucky because not all coaches have that facility so yep that's great so i do all my technique coaching there and then the reservoir i do open water coaching is not far away so often i'll work with people in the pool and then if they want to get into triathlon or just try open water then i'll transfer them to the to the open water and we can work on specific open water skills and whereabouts do you do the open water so that's so it's so it's all in East Sussex. I actually live in West Sussex, but I'm on the border between East and West Sussex. So um, there's a Weirwood Reservoirs in Forest Row in East Sussex. Um, it's a beautiful reservoir as well. We're very lucky to be able to to swim there. It's not a, you can't swim all the time. There's certain sessions on a usually on a Tuesday and Thursday afternoon and early on a Saturday morning. There's lifeguards, people check in, check out, and that I run the coaching in those times so um because they're sailing and all sorts of other things that go on at yep. the reservoir so we have to fit in with everyone else cool um but it's it's amazing facility to have and for me to be very close to where i live it's yeah, no, it's, i mean that's the main thing about 
open water swimming and the coaching is is the access to it um yeah. i mean there are lakes near me but uh, you know it's like half an hour drive at least and you know that day but it is just, yeah. just a little bit inconvenient um so what's been yeah. for you in lockdown so you know when i guess you're not working you're not teaching and um, kids are off no so how what what are you how yeah. are you keeping yourself busy <laughs> so yeah that's my big challenge at the moment uh is probably the homeschooling i mean i've got a teenager who pretty much has online lessons and is pretty self-sufficient so that's great uh my 10 year old daughter is at that stage where she still needs you really to help her they have a few online lessons in the day and then they're left to their own devices which is where we have to step in otherwise the youtube goes on and and you know we're not doing our work <laughs> so uh <clears throat> yeah that's that's i'm trying to balance that with um sort of my my learning i'm i'm conti you know continually sort of wanting to learn a about the oxygen advantage which we'll talk about in a minute and also you know the swimming there's always stuff to read things to learn uh you know even the admin you know what it's like you've got your own business admin stuff as well so it's trying to balance all that um and yeah i mean the homeschooling has to come first at the moment um but as i'm not working i'm lucky i know there's a lot of parents that are actually physically trying to work at home and do the homeschooling so uh, I can't really complain too much because because um, obviously I can't teach at the moment. Um, so I'm trying to build up my breathing business uh, a little bit more when I've got time. And <laughs> any swimming related that you or watch or anything that you've enjoyed that other people might like? Well, this is the first year, although obviously not at this immediate time, that I've tried winter swimming. Um, so it's the first year that our reservoir where I normally swim and coach has opened up for winter swimming and that's been amazing. So we have to, it's wetsuit only there. So I haven't tried skins. Um, but even so, uh, so I've learned about all the gear, um, that, you know, you need, which, which type of gloves I had some gloves, but they were too thin. I, I suffer from Raynaud's, you know, where you get one yeah. finger when you get cold. Um, so, uh, I've learned a lot, uh, through, you know, outdoor swimming society, open water magazine, um as well as sort of various podcasts and things i've been sort of researching cold water swimming and, and open water swimming um as much as possible so you know to improve my knowledge as a coach as well as just for my own benefit um so that's and that's been amazing i've loved it i i do cold showers anyway um and and that was something because uh we were going to do the channel relay in 2020 which got cancelled because of covid so i'd started doing cold showers so i have looked into the Wim Hof method, which is another breathing method, which is very popular at the moment. And I'm sure lots of your listeners have heard of. Um, I did a course, I did an online course on it, just, you know, as a, nothing to do with coaching, just, just for my own benefit. Um, and so I learned how to build up my tolerance to the cold, really for, for the channel swim in mind. Um, and then of course that didn't happen, but then I actually, you know, I, I love the cold water and, and it's helped me, I'm sure it's helped me to acclimatize with the cold water swimming. I sometimes get into a cold bath. I haven't done ice, but I've done pretty cold and sat in that. <laughs> but I, I regularly, I did it this morning, just wake up and get in the cold shower. And interestingly, I use the breathing from the Oxygen Advantage uh, and it really, really helps um, with dealing with the cold when you know how to control your breathing and, and really slow okay. down. Well, well, that's um, so, um, fascinating. I didn't know you'd um, done the Wim Hof and uh, we're doing cold showers as well. Um so doing a yeah. Wim Hof course is on my to-do list, really. I just, I was booked onto a workshop um, 
about 12 months ago and then um, couldn't make it for various reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I'm interested in it for all of those reasons that you've said to help with the cold water um, and, you know, the channel swimming and particularly because I have this stupid ambition to swim the channel solo. Um, I get cold at the moment, so I don't, you know, that's what's holding me back. So that's why I was interested well, that's, in yeah, well, that's I was terrified about the reader because I get this this Raynaud's yeah. as well, and and so I was really terrified knowing the average temperatures, uh, you know, that the channel is. Um, so that's what spurred me on to do it. Um, and it's yeah, it's fascinating. There's a book that I got. I know he's just bought out a book, Wim Hof, but this one was actually by a journalist. It's called "What Doesn't Kill Us" by Scott Carney, and he was a real skeptic about the whole approach. And so, of course, he went to do a course with Wim Hof and ended up, you know, climbing a mountain in T-shirt and shorts uh, with him and completely got converted. So that's a really good book. I know Wim Hof's just bought one out himself. I haven't read that one. Um, so although I'm an instructor for the Oxygen Vantage, which is is different, uh, I, I, you know, I do encourage people to, to look into the Wim Hof, particularly open water swimmers. And if you want to work on your tolerance to the cold, uh, I mean, it helps. It's the health benefits of, of, you're, you're basically what you're doing is you're helping your body to adapt by by sort of suffering the cold your body will adapt and then um that's why you know this whole process of acclimatization happens because your body makes adaptations and it's not such a shock to the body in the end um and in and with our modern life the theory is that you know we're all basically you know we live with centrally heated houses we eat food that's all very soft and digestible and easy everything's very easy for us nowadays and so we've we've not we're not so accustomed to stress, uh, stressing the body out. Um, we, we, we all talk about stress and mental stress, but not actually stressing mm -hmm. the body out. So so the Wim Hof and also the oxygen advantage, some of the techniques they use, it's about stressing the body, but not not to get yeah. you stressed, to stress the body to make patients so that you can deal better um, with um well, with breathing for the oxygen advantage, it's all about sort of improving the efficiency of your breathing. So um, before so, we go yeah. on, just to talk about the breathing. So tell me about the cold showers. You know, um, how long do you have a shower for? How cold is it? How did you start? What does it do for you? OK, so, the, well, the advice is obviously I'm not a Wim Hof instructor or anything, but I'll just tell you from what I've learned, you know, from doing the course myself. Uh, the advice is you start with you start with a warm shower and then at the end you have a normal shower. Uh, at the end of that, you switch it on to cold just maybe for 15 seconds, you know, because everyone's going to be different. Some people are going to freak out. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out just at the thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you just literally do it for about 15 seconds uh, and then turn it off. Uh, and what you'll find is you're actually warmer, especially like now I'll get in and just do cold for two minutes. And, I, you know, at the moment I get out, we don't have central heating on in the morning. We have to go downstairs and turn it on on purpose because um, it's healthier to sleep. You sleep better yeah. in a cooler room. So I get out of bed. I'm freezing. Get into a really cold shower. I get out and I'm glowing warm. It's crazy. And my husband looks at me still and is like, you're, you're mad. And he touches me and I'm like, feel freezing. But I, I'm all warm. You know, and I, I don't have to rush to get dressed. I'm not feeling freezing cold. So you, it's great. It really wakes you up. And you just feel really good after it. But start, you have to build these things up. So you just start with a hot shower at first and then you gradually you do 15 seconds. And then maybe next time you make it up to 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And you can set a timer on your phone outside the shower and then it'll um, bing. What you don't want to do is sit watching the seconds count down because that makes it worse. <laughs> so look away from the phone. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> and just wait for, wait 
the alarm. Um, but the thing to do is, which I don't think with the Wim Hof, I can't remember now because I haven't followed that for a while, but certainly what I do is I slow my breathing right down. So to help you deal with it, and th this is an oxygen advantage technique, um, A, through your nose if you can, nose breathing and you just really slow the breathing down and it just it takes you because what happens when you go into cold water like with swimming your your blood pressure goes up and your heart rate you know and your breathing rate increases your as your 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 reaction your body's reaction to it so if you slow your breathing right down it helps you deal with it you don't go into that sympathetic fight flight response it keeps you more parasympathetic it keeps you more calm and then you can deal with it better so really nice slow breathing through the nose you even start that before you switch to, to the cold. Uh, and then you just focus on your breathing. You just sort of take your focus to your nose and the air going in and out of your nose. And you're focusing on that. And then you take your mind off the, the sort of shock of the cold. And so that's something that I've learned since the oxygen advantage to do that. I didn't do that at first. I was, <gasps> what you really want to avoid is the. <gasps> that's <laughs> me. Because that puts you in the in the we're talking about nervous system here. You've got two sides. You've got the sympathetic part of your nervous system, which is your flight flight uh, fight flight response, and you know getting stressed and anxious. And you've got your parasympathetic, which is your rest and digest, your more calming side of your nervous system. So you by <gasps> going like that when you're in the shower, you're just kicking off your sympathetic, your your fight flight response, and so you're going to feel worse. You're gonna it's going to feel colder. Um, if you can kick in your your calming side of your response, it's not going to feel as bad. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you've got to try it, but you just start with 15 seconds, then maybe 20, 25, 30 seconds, and you, you gradually build it up, and then you can gradually shorten the time you have a hot shower and lengthen the time that you have a cold shower and, and then get to a point where you feel, right, I'm just going to stand under that shower, turn it on the cold setting, now you can graduate the cold as well. You can you don't have to put it on the the coldest setting at first. Um, mine's numbered, so uh, sort of from one to eight. So I started off by putting it on number two. I now put it on. It goes right down to a blue mark, and that's the coldest. That's just you know full on cold, um, which I didn't do at first, but I've I've progressed to that. <laughs> so now I can just turn it on onto the coldest setting don't gasp or don't flinch anything just stand there focus on my breathing and i actually enjoy it it's actually nice Love so, it. I mean, but it takes a while to get yeah to yeah no i mean it's interesting you say about the fight flight response and gasping and everything i mean of course i know all of that stuff i teach all of that to my clients when we go open water swimming but um and you know yeah. even just teaching beginners you, you know you go through all of that but um i actually needed to tell me that actually because that's what happens to me when i go cold water swimming i just go oh my god it's cold and i didn't even realize i was doing it oh yeah but that's um, no well the best thing and uh as as we're just talking about that is and this is what i've been saying to people with the winter swimming um is and doing it myself is as you walk into the cold water uh again you you make sure your nose breathing and you slow it right down so you're you're again you're putting your body into that calm state rather than fight flight response of oh, oh, oh it's cold it's cold you know and 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 getting all sort of stressed out um so again you just you just have to sort of put yourself into the right state and it really does okay. help and it really does so for cold water swimmers definitely yeah no it's, no it's, uh, it's really interesting it's and forward. so just in terms of your cold showers what do you do about washing you know and you, you're washing your hair and everything do you do that in the cold water no i don't like washing my hair i don't think it, yeah. it works as well so like this morning uh, i had a hot okay. shower first to, to do all that 
and then I switched it to cold and, and just did that okay. for two minutes. Um, other times, otherwise, I will just totally separate it. Sometimes I just have a quick cold shower in the morning and then later in the day, if yeah. I need to wash my hair, I'll, oh, I'll just do that separately. And I'll, I always then end up with yeah. a bit of cold as well. Um, because yeah. So good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Really interesting. So then let's talk a bit about breathing. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, it sounds like you were interested in it for the swimming and the cold water and stuff, but tell us what really got you curious about how about your breathing could help and then how you came across yeah. the oxygen advantage. And I guess what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, basically it was a lockdown okay. thing. <laughs> so not not this lockdown obviously i think it must have been the first one um i you know i started sort of looking around researching things and uh i guess i came across it on the internet probably um so i'd already done the wim hof read the book by then and you know doing some wim hof one thing i found with the wim hof uh was because you're basically hyperventilating it's <gasps> you know you're doing this this and mouth open um fast fast breathing it made my mouth really dry and when i wake up in the morning i have a, i've always had a really dry mouth and so and and they say that often the best time to do the wim hof is you know you wake up do it in the morning do your 30 sort of hyperventilation breaths then go and have a cold shower and you used to feel good after it but i had this i woke up this really dry mouth and then of course that made it much drier and it, and that put me off um so i think that may have partly be i started searching around and i think i came across a youtube video on um the oxygen advantage and a bit like when i found total immersion it just you know was like wow okay i've obviously got dysfunctional breathing in other words my breathing could be better now it's something that breathing we all do it automatically so nobody you know thinks you have to work on your breathing you know you do it without thinking uh but in fact uh, a large portion of the population probably do have some level of dysfunctional breathing. In other words, could improve their breathing. Um, so I started looking into it uh, and me being me, you know, decided I was to become an instructor in it, you know, was to learn more about it. So uh, but because I, as you know, as a coach, a swim coach, how many people come to you saying I need to work on my breathing as, as or I can't do front crawl, it's the breathing. Now, as a swim coach, you've got the knowledge to teach them the mechanics of breathing, turning their head to the side to breathe, not lifting their head, you know, working with the body uh, rotation, all that. Um, and, 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 and exhaling under the water. We can teach them that. But the knowledge as a swim coach, and I don't think any method of swim coaching has this knowledge, whether you're, you know, total immersion, swim mastery, swim smooth, uh, swim England, whatever. Uh, there's, there's a lack of knowledge of teaching people to breathe efficiently using their diaphragm but it's not just about using a diaphragm it's about how much air goes in and out uh, how much air we breathe um so that there's sort of three different aspects to breathing and often people talk about diaphragmatic breathing and i knew a little bit about that uh, as a swim coach but that was it so um i i learned um i i, I read the book so there's a book called The Oxygen Advantage. So I read that first before I decided to do the instructor course. Um, and it's got various exercises. So I tried those exercises and I realized how dysfunctional my breathing was. I learned that the reason I wake up with a dry mouth in the morning is because I mouth breathe at night. Uh, in fact, I, I was a chronic mouth breather. Um, I always have been. I've always had a bunged up nose. And I always assume that was because I get catarrh. I have a sort of dairy intolerance. Um, so I've always gone around, you know, mouth breathing. 
so I learned through this this book and ultimately the course that that we're not designed to breathe through our mouth. We're actually designed to breathe through the nose. The nose has a multitude of functions to play. The nose directly links to the diaphragm as well. Um, so I, I also used to sigh and yawn a lot. And I sometimes would sit in the evening and I, kn I knew that sort of I felt like I almost needed more air. I didn't think much of it. Uh, <laughs> I read this book and, and all the symptoms of dysfunctional breathing, dry mouth in the morning, broken sleep, getting up, needing to go to the loo at night, um, cold hands and feet, uh, sort of heavy chest breathing, mouth breathing. They're all symptoms of, of what we call dysfunctional breathing. So you could be breathing better if you're if you're getting all those sorts of symptoms. I had all of them. <laughs> so then I thought, right, OK, I want to train to become an instructor, partly from my own breathing. Uh, but also then uh, to help my swimmers and in fact multitude of other sort of people with 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 issues in life asthma being being one of them um, so yeah uh, <laughs> I suddenly realized okay I can improve my 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 own breathing um, but we all think well we, we don't need to work on our breathing but it's actually a really hot topic now it's it, people are calling it the missing uh -huh. link in health okay. um, if you're a chest breather it's going to make you more stressed. It's going to put you in that sympathetic fight flight response mode. Um, so your, you, you know, your, your levels of stress are going to be higher, probably, you know, your heart rate, blood pressure, everything's going to be slightly, you know, can, can be affected. Uh, there's a multitude of reasons why uh, you want to make sure you're breathing efficiently. Now I haven't even mentioned sport. So the other element was I've always been quite breathless. I, I can swim quite far, but I've noticed I get quite breathless. And that, again, is a symptom of dysfunctional breathing. So uh, that was another reason why I thought, right, I need to I need to sort this out. Um, I mean, I can swim 10K. But if I'm in a pool and I'm pushing it a bit, I, I get, you know, at the end of the length. And again, what am I doing? I'm mouth breathing. And it's the worst thing to do is when you get breathless, these big, deep breaths, uh, mouth breathing. It's not getting oxygen efficiently around your body and helping you recover. So. Yeah, for all those reasons, I decided I need to, I need to learn more about this. So uh, help myself, help my swimming and, and, and help my swimming. So um, and, essentially, and so essentially the oxygen advantage is a way of teaching people how to breathe more effectively. Yeah, more efficiently. More efficient. so, yes. And there's a very simple way of, of testing whether you have dysfunctional breathing as well. Um, and, and it's just a case of doing certain exercises throughout the day, which you can build in. You can be sitting watching TV. It's not like having to do sort of physio exercises. You don't need equipment. You can do it anytime. So you can work on your breathing when you know the exercises to do uh, and fit it in to your daily routine. That's that's the great thing about it as well. And you can be doing it in public or you can be doing it, you know, in, in your home at work. Wherever. So how would it help? Yeah. So what does it do for, you know, sports performance, triathletes and swimmers and things like that? How does it help? So uh, if you feel you're getting sort of disproportionately breathless, because um, a lot of people, you know, come particularly the swimmers, they come to me and they say, well, you know, I'm I, I cycle and I run. So I know I'm fit, but I'm getting breathless in the pool, I do, you know, 50 meters and I'm out of breath. And I look at their swimming and it's not that they're, sometimes it's technique. And if they're churning their arms and legs and you can visibly, you look at them and you're tired just watching them. But some people, they're not like that. They're actually fairly efficient. And so now I know that that means the strong likelihood is that it's going to be that they're efficient, their breathing is inefficient. Now to work on your 
breathing in sport or exercise, you have to work on it on land uh, or sort of at rest. Because however you breathe at rest is going to affect how you breathe in sport. You're not going to, let's say, you know, I was a, a mouth breather and probably a chest breather, so not very efficient. That's how I'm going to breathe, um, you know, in sport. And therefore, I'm going to get more breathless. So um, learning techniques to, to A, to nose breathe. Um, obviously, when we swim we, and when we do front crawl, we have to use our mouth uh to to turn to breathe it is impossible to to try and nose breathe when you're doing front crawl i've tried it it doesn't work <laughs> but you still learn to access your diaphragm uh and 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 basically you need to work on your breathing just sort of uh, your daily breathing if you improve your breathing what we call functional breathing your daily breathing you know on land you will improve your breathing in sport whether that's swimming running cycling any sport uh, so we have to work on people's breathing like their their general breathing um to, to to for the effects to 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 take hold when they're, and, they're doing exercise you can't expect it's functional breather to suddenly yeah. have brilliant breathing and you know, i mean the theory sport. is if you then you utilize the oxygen more effectively so then you'll be able to run or swim faster right yeah so, therefore, uh, it, uh, so and research has shown that it can reduce lactic acid buildup and improve endurance for for athletes and there have been a number of studies on on swimmers and and triathletes as well who having integrated there'd been a you know an experimental group and a control group and the experimental group they they added in some breath so a lot of this is breath holding techniques it's what we call simulating high altitude training um so uh it's basically a form of breath holding but it's different to yeah. Hof breath yeah, holding. Yeah. I, I can explain um and they did say five weeks of of breath holding just in their um, general exercises. So this is not in the water. This is on land. Uh, they tested them on um, like 100, 200, 400 meter swims at the end of the five weeks. And, and the experimental group that had worked on the breath holding were faster at their swimming. There was no difference with the control group. Um, so they've shown uh, things like that as well. Uh, and they've tested, you know, VO2 max on athletes and and you know it's 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 gone up uh, the ones that have done the breath holding techniques from the oxygen advantage you know they improve their vo2 max um so it really can help um you know if you're an athlete as well as just a normal person's you know daily breathing but you have to work on your daily breathing to improve your breathing in sport that's mm -hmm. the key uh, and particularly for swimmers because you don't want to be doing breath <laughs> yeah. holding under the yeah, water yeah. it's dangerous so particularly for swimmers uh, you've got to work on it on land. So it's very doable as well. That's so go on, tell us it. a bit about your journey with uh, it. So, um, uh, you know, how often do you practice it? Um, and, and how do you feel now? I mean, what's actually different in your life now that you've done some work on your breathing? Okay, so, um, so you work on your breathing at rest. Um, but what you also do is you work, you have to work on your breathing at sleeping. And because I knew because I woke up with a dry mouth, I knew I had to, uh, I had to do something uh, to help train myself to sleep with my, my mm -hmm. um, mouth shut. So have you got any ideas? Well, you, how I've read about this. I, I've tried it once or twice, um, but you've done it with the mouth tape, haven't you? Yes. So what, what have you actually tried? Uh, well, um, I did um, a little workshop with Ray Cause, um maybe a year or so back, and I he then just gave me like the tape you get in a first aid kit well i can't think what the name is yes, yeah yeah it's yeah. microporous tape yeah yeah and did you put that a strip uh oh i've got to get it right vertically over your lips 
Or no, 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 no. I put it vertically, so from the top lip to the bottom lip, so just a lip yeah. strip. I mean, I only did yes. it once or twice. I don't know why I didn't stick with it, but um, the few times I did it, it, I mean, I did sleep better. It was, it was amazing. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. And and if you think for athletes, yeah, if your sleep is better, you are seriously going to perform better. I mean, for anyone, you're going to perform your your concentration, yeah. your focus, yeah. your energy levels are all going to improve so just just you know for anyone on a daily basis but particularly for an athlete it's going to really help your performance uh, because it's going to help you use your oxygen more efficiently uh, and obviously think how many hours we sleep so for me i was you know obviously mouth breathing at night um and and if you mouth breathe you're much more likely to have sleep apnea <laughs> or to snore as well and we hit 40 i think we're six times more likely to mouth breathe at some point in the night if not throughout the night and and therefore maybe snore or have sleep apnea which is basically where you stop breathing for a number of seconds um in the night uh and broken sleep and i had all of that broken sleep you know needing to get up for the loo always um and and yeah just woke up feeling tired and, and how dry mouth so yes take the taping the mouth, which sounds some people, you know, sounds horrific or sounds crazy. Uh, so, yes, you can just buy the microporous tape uh, from Boots and stick it, as you say, um, vertically over your lips. So you're not covering the whole lip. So you can actually yeah. still just about talk with it. And it's very easy. You can just get your tongue and push mm. your tongue out to get it off. So it comes off very easily. They have Oxygen Advantage have designed a specific tape using that tape that physios use. It's yeah. sort of sticky and elastic that you might use to support um and it's uh it goes it goes over the lips but then there's a hole in the middle so it sort of encourages the the lips to close but you can still talk so it's quite nice so for people that are worried about oh i'm not gonna be able to breathe you can actually still talk uh and open your mouth if you need to but it just the elasticity just pulls the lips together and encourages the lips uh to close and then that just means that you're going to nose breathe throughout the night and you're going to get a much better so that's um, what you started with the, the tape um, so yes, at night yeah so i started with the the, the tape the it's called myotape there's a website myotape.com or through the option advantage uh, website you can buy it so i started off with that but in fact i've graduated the microporous tape cheaper and in fact i can use that and it stays on some people they find it it doesn't stay on and they need the myotape because it's stickier um you know, and you, you're, you're pulling it a bit taut. So it, it, it that doesn't come off. I've not ever found that come off. But I've actually switched to the microporous tape. I can just do the strip vertically. And, and that's enough for me. Everyone's different. So there's there's two options. Um, the first night, if I'm honest, the first night I did it, I woke up a little bit. Because what it does is it, it creates a slight air hunger. Because when you breathe through your nose, you're reducing the amount of air that goes in, which is a good thing. Um but it causes what we call a slight air hunger. Because if you breathe through your mouth, you're obviously, you can take a lot more air in and out. But we don't actually want that. You, you want to reduce the, the airflow going in. But when you're not used to it, at first it can be a little bit off-putting. So the first night or so, I woke, I woke up once a little bit, oh, you know, I need to breathe. Um, and then after that, it was fine. It's just your body adapting. So it's just worth knowing that you might just sort of feel that air hunger. But actually, that air hunger is a good thing. We want we want to sort of reduce the amount of air we take in. Because what most people do is they take too much mm -hmm. air in, especially if, if they breathe through their mouth like I used to. You're taking too much air in and then you're getting rid of too much uh, carbon dioxide, which you don't want to do. 
you actually want carbon dioxide in your body. We all think we're all taught at school <clears throat> that you breathe air in and you breathe out this waste gas called carbon dioxide. Yes, it is a waste gas, but also it's it's amazingly important for our body. So carbon dioxide helps. It's a dilator. It helps dilate the blood vessels and it helps dilate the airways. So one of the, re the big reason why we do all this breath holding is because if you're if you're holding your breath, you're not letting the carbon dioxide out. It builds up in your blood. Um, and what it does is it, it, it opens up the blood vessels. So your circulation improves and it opens up the airways as well. Um, and so more oxygen gets delivered all around the body. And that's basically why we do the, the breath holding. So so carbon dioxide, yes, you need to get rid of a certain amount of it with the inhalation, with the exhalation when we breathe. But you also need some in the body. And if you're a mouth breather like I was, I was getting rid of too much carbon dioxide all the time. So my body was then very sensitive to carbon dioxide. And if you have a too much sensitivity to carbon dioxide, that's what makes you breathless. Um, so, so, so we have to build up people's sense to build up their tolerance to carbon dioxide and, and doing these breath hold exercises, uh, is, is, is a really, really effective way of doing that. So you're adapting your body so that it doesn't sort of freak out when you get too much carbon dioxide in your body. Cause when we do exercise, our muscles create carbon dioxide as well. Um, so a lot of people, they're too sensitive to carbon dioxide, like I was, and they need to rebuild up that um tolerance so to just, and then your your body deals with um it, it processes oxygen in a much more effective mm -hmm. way okay cool i mean it's fascinating it's really interesting so just talking about your journey and a few things and also i'm thinking about myself um so one of the things you say yeah. is about getting up to go to the toilet in the night so i i um always have to get up in the night and i often just think it's because i drink too much coffee right and if i cut back on my habit then perhaps that would stop me having to get up at night but you you're saying well, it could be to do with yeah. how you breathe yeah i think it depends if you i mean do you drink a lot before you go to bed well, well no not necessarily no i don't drink coffee at night no or, or any drink because i used to <clears throat> sort of have we'd have like uh you know herbal tea in the evening and and sometimes two mugs of it so i think there's a balance between being sensible with your intake a few hours before you go yeah. to bed. If you're drinking like two mugs of tea or whatever it is before bed, then the chances are you will need to get up at night. So uh, being sensible with that. But if you're not drinking any more than you think, then yes, um, you're, you know, you're, you're more likely to, it's because you're going to sleep okay. better. I think if um, I wake up and then yes, I need to okay. in the morning, but, but I've found when I've uh, gone to bed and I've done a, breathing exercise really basically just slowing down my breathing lying in bed one of the exercises you can do is is to just sort of slow down that breathing not and and breathe what we call lighter um before bed it again it gets your body in that parasympathetic that relaxed mode before you go to sleep you're much more likely then you put your tape on your lips and then you're much more likely to sleep through and not be woken up by um a little thing um like maybe needing the loot you can you can go through to the morning <laughs> If you're sleeping deeper, I think if you're sleeping lighter, yeah. uh, then you're more likely to be woken up by needing the loo. And, and, yeah. and um, okay, um, yeah, it's definitely happened. It's it's been amazing. Not waking up with a dry mouth. It's so you know having sort of you know saliva in your mouth in the morning, and that is such a nice feeling. And waking up a bit more refreshed as well. It's like wow, that alone yeah. has been no amazing. for sure. Waking up refreshed is one thing I'd have. 
Um, so what else has it done for you? How else has it changed your life or made you feel better? Well, I really noticed some days um, just my energy levels as well. So not necessarily anything to do with sport, just, just you know, some days I'm I'm up for like walking the dog several times or, or doing more around the house. You know, I mean, we all have days where we're more energetic than others. But but yeah, I've, and I suddenly realised now it's probably because, you know, I did those exercises yesterday. I mean, I need to practice what I preach a bit more because I've realised, you know, I've got all this theory now and I've, I've worked with a few people, give set them up with a little programme you know, do this twice a day and and, all. Uh, and I'm not actually being really strict about doing it myself. So I've noticed that when I've been more strict, I can see the benefits. If I haven't done it for a few days, then, um, you know, maybe I, I'm, I'm not feeling so good. Over time, it does, you know, you 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 um, you build up your tolerance. It's all about this building up the tolerance to carbon dioxide. Um, so you get less breathless, you get more energy, you sleep better, all these all these great um, benefits from it. Um, so at first you do need to be fairly strict um, and, and, and follow, you know, if you're given a sort of exercise regime. And when I say exercise, I mean, it's just, you know, some breathing exercises you do, um, <clears throat> which are easy to fit in. But I've realised I, I need to set myself a programme, really. I've been sort of doing it here and there, but not doing it that consistently. So I'm just going to treat myself as my own client yeah. now. And... So it's hard but... <laughs> In my uh, regime. But no, definitely and even so, haphazardly I've I've seen improvements. Uh obviously because we haven't been able to swim and train, I haven't, you know, yet been able to sort of test it out in the pool recently. Um, but I know that I'll I'll be um less breathless. And just learning to nose breathe all the time and being aware of it as well. And then suddenly I might be doing something like washing up and I suddenly realize my mouth's open. So I'm still working on that but I'm so much more aware and my nose is not blocked up. There's, there's a really simple unblocking nose exercise. And again, it's a breath hold. And because do you remember I said carbon dioxide naturally sort of dilates the airways just by holding your breath, keeping carbon dioxide in your body, it builds up in the blood. It opens up the airways. It's amazing. And this is great for people with asthma. Okay. As well. So if it's, someone, so not having fun nose is great. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it does. It sounds amazing. So, um, if someone was interested in this, how would you suggest they get started? Um, you know, what would be their first steps? What would you recommend? Well, the book is good, the Oxygen Advantage book, because it goes through, it gives you, you know, the background, number of champions, stand the quick look now. And, and it's got exercises and it's got sort of a few sort of program ideas of what to do, uh, depending on um, your level of breathlessness. Um there's a little test called the bolt score, which you've obviously done if you've, you've been through this. So then depending on what your bolt score is, uh, which is an indicator as to how breathless you might get when you do exercise, um, you, 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 you're, you're given certain exercises. So that book's a really good place to start. There's a website as well, the Oxygen Advantage. I think it's just oxygenadvantage.com. Um, there are courses you can do online similar to the Wim Hof. So you can sign up, pay so much, and, and, and you can do a course and it gives you videos with the exercises um or you can see an instructor like me as well um that, that dotted all over the country but of course we can all work online via zoom and and do one-to-ones or, or group workshops and go through the the exercises as well so there's lots of options fantastic and how do people find you and get in touch with you so um i've i've called myself breathe for sport so breathe and then the number four sport .co.uk is my website so yeah i can do one-to-one -one zooms with people uh so i'd assess there and i presume most instructors are the same i'd assess your breathing we'd do a couple of little tests 
to see um you know how breathless you might get um in life and particularly for sport so it depends what you you could be someone with asthma could be someone with anxiety those are two massive groups that generally have dysfunctional breathing to some level uh, the guy that founded this oxygen advantage had asthma as a kid was a mouth breather hasn't had asthma for 20 years completely got rid of his symptoms through uh, uh, breathing techniques um, and then obviously there's the whole application for people sports people who want to work on their endurance, reduce their lactic acid, improve their energy levels, improve their recovery. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it applies to so many different groups. Yeah, it's, that sounds uh, amazing. And what, what, just remind people about your swim coaching. What's your swim coaching business called and, and your website address for that? So that's that, uh, weightlessswimming.co.uk. And there is a link to the breathing um, website from that. Um, and then, or breathe for sport. I think I've linked both of them in and out because if i work with a swimmer now what i can do is obviously i can integrate some of this oxygen advantage stuff i had a swimmer before lockdown um and she was exactly the case she she said i, I just she did two lengths of my nine meter pool mm. and was breathless uh, and yes obviously there's things to work on in her technique but she was not a thrasher swimmer you know she she was not using lots of energy to make her breathless in 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 her swimming so i just immediately thought she's got to be and of course i did the bolt score test with her and that showed that her tolerance to carbon dioxide was very low and so i gave her an exercise program to do and we did a number of zoom sessions uh, every week uh, we had a session and we um you know we reviewed how she was getting on and, and she found it amazing she found it helped her cold water swimming as well because she she tended to have anxiety in cold water uh and she said slowing down her breathing reducing her her sort of heavy breathing making it lighter it's really helped her deal with the cold water as well as her general mm, breathlessness. well fascinating yeah so i've learned some things today and i actually i'm going to go and get the book out i'm going to go and read the book again and and uh, yeah, remind myself of a few things and, and see what I can do to improve my own breathing. Thanks very much. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that. Um, so thanks very much for coming on the podcast. That's it, folks. Thanks very much for joining us. We hope you found some of that useful and we'll look forward to you joining us on next week's episode. <laughs>